Thank you, Ms. Ruth. Every year on November 11th, the people of the United States gather together and celebrate Veterans Day. The holiday honors all of our veterans who served in the military all through the course of the years. And to honor and respect our veterans all across the cities and towns, they celebrate in different ways. One of those ways is through parades. Today, we recognize each of you in a special way during our time of worship. And it's because of our veterans like you that are here today that um, we are honored, we are humbled because of your service. We have the ability and the freedom to come and worship God in this place in our tradition and in our way because of the freedoms that we hold dear. And you have helped to protect those freedoms. And all this weekend, we have had generations of Americans that have shown their gratitude. And if you would, please listen intently to this reading as we begin this time of honor and celebration. We will never forget our freedoms tell the story of our heroes. On the pages of their lives, we see the dream that every heart could live what they've been promised, a life of hope and freedom in this land of liberty. Defenders of the red, white, and blue, we will always remember you. We will never forget your sacrifice the way that you lived, all you gave when you died. There's no greater love on earth than this. We will never forget. Oh, glory flies in honor of our heroes as she waves her stars and stripes in bravery. No tear of the battle will deny her. She stands for hope and freedom she stands for liberty. Defenders of the red, white, and blue, we will always remember you. We will never forget your sacrifice, the way that you lived, all you gave when you died. There's no greater love on earth than this. We will never forget. Tina, thank you so much. Douglas MacArthur said, duty, honor, country. Those three hallowed words reverently dictate what you are, ought to do and ought to be, what you can be and what you will be. And today, for our veterans here in our service, you represent 16.2 million veterans across the United States. These words, they speak to the characteristics of what you have fulfilled. And not only myself, but this entire congregation holds you in high honor and esteem. So we want to recognize and honor each one of you today for your patriotism, for your love of country, and for your willingness to serve and sacrifice for the common good. And we thank God for his protective care and watch over you. That's why you're here today. And we always remember 
and thank God that he established this country to be a light on the hill. And you have helped us, helped us to continue to spread that light everywhere. So this morning, if you are a veteran, we'd love to have you stand, please. Would you? If you're a veteran, and remain standing, please. And if you are a spouse of a veteran who has passed on, if you would please stand. Would you thank them, please? What you'll receive today is just a token of our appreciation. It will be something I hope meaningful to you as we focus our attention upon our continued sacrifice and service of the Lord Jesus Christ to continue to be the light on the hill. So if you would, I'd ask you, everyone to stand and let's sing our next song. and a special prayer. If you need to be seated, please feel free to do so. Otherwise, remain standing.
I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud to be a member of this church. I'm proud to have served our country. Would you pray with me? Lord God, this is a special day of thanksgiving and remembrances of the men and women who have served our country in the armed forces. It is a day of reflection and gratitude to those who have sacrificed to protect and preserve the freedom of our country as well as other countries around the globe. As believers, we owe a deep debt to those who have given us the freedom to worship as we please. We do not take for granted that freedom because millions of Christians around the world are threatened with prison or death because of their belief. We pray for our veterans who stand before this assembly today. It is a privilege to honor and thank them for their service to our country. We also lift up the families of those who gave the full measure of devotion to our country and are interned in thousands of graves in countries where they died. Ask anyone who has served, and they will tell you they are the true heroes. We pray, Father, for you to rest the members of our armed forces. Give them courage, strength, and support and protection. They stand ready at all times in harm's way, to go in harm's way for our country. To you, Lord, is all glory, honor, and praise, now and forevermore. In Christ's name we pray, amen. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news. Our God reigns. Let's sing. are the feet of him who brings good news, good news, announcing peace, proclaiming news of Oh, 
Oh, in the cloud 
verse and chorus a cappella. When clothed in his brightness, transported I rise to meet him in clouds of the sky. His perfect salvation, his wonderful Father, we do thank you and praise you for all that you have done for us in this country and for us as individuals. We do pray, Lord, for the leadership of this country, the, the local, the uh, state, the, the federal government, and for the leadership uh, around the world, uh, the people who are uh, free around the world. We pray for their leadership as well. There is so much conflict right now, and we just pray for Israel and for the Ukraine. And it's, it's uh, such a difficult time uh, for these people, and there's so much loss of life. We pray, Lord, that you will just uh, really be with these people as they fight against the, the things that are not uh, that are against them and we pray that you'll just uh, give them victory lord this is a difficult time in 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 the world and we do pray for your protection your guidance your direction for everyone that is in, in a leadership role and we just thank you lord that we we can spend time praying for not only our nation, but for the world and for these other countries that are in turmoil. So we pray, Lord, also that you'll just be with us as a church as we have an outreach to our community. May we uh, have an impact on this community. May we see people come to know you as Lord and Savior as a result of the impact we can have as a church. Uh, we are so thankful that we have a church that has an outreach uh, in this way where the gospel is, 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 is preached every week and we just thank you for that. So Lord, we do thank you and praise you for everything that you've done for us. We pray that you'll continue to be with us, not only as a church, but in, in this community, but also as a nation in the world. And we pray for these things in Jesus' name. Thank mm -hmm. you. 
Good morning. That was really good. Um, this morning our scripture reading is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 24 through 28. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. 
He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is, a bit, is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. We're blessed by this reading, for these are the words of the Lord. join me in prayer please father thank you for the opportunity we've had to worship this morning 
a special time of honor, singing our praise to you through songs and instruments, through prayers, through the reading of your word. And now, Father, I pray that you would give us understanding as we look at this passage in Hebrews. Father, help us to understand about Moses, maybe in ways that we have really not seen before. But most importantly, help us to apply it to our lives where we are. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Choosing by faith. It's said that there are always two sides to a question. But it's also true that there are two sides to a sheet of flypaper. And it makes a big difference to the fly which he chooses. <laughs> Nothing is more important than being able to make the right decisions in life. And I promise you there is no shortage of people who will help you make those decisions. There are plenty of books and articles and podcasts and TV personalities and social media influencers that would love to help you to be as happy as you can be as long as you follow what they want you to do. Former President Ronald Reagan, uh, when he was young, had an aunt that wanted to take him to get uh, new shoes. And so it, she took him to the shoemaker and so uh, the shoemaker asked, do you want square toes or do you want rounded toes? And uh, Reagan, he just couldn't answer. He couldn't decide. He didn't know. And so the shoemaker said, well, I'll give you a few days. And several days later, he saw uh, Reagan, uh, little as he was, uh, out and about. And he said, have you decided about the square toe or the rounded toe shoes? And Reagan still could not make up that decision. And so he said, well, I'll tell you what. In a couple of days, come over to, uh, to, uh, my, uh, to my shop and uh, the shoes will be ready. And so he did. He walked in, and what he found is that he had one shoe that was square, one shoe that was round. <laughs> the cobbler said, I will teach you to never let people make decisions for you. Reagan said, I learned right there and then, if you don't make your own decisions, somebody else will. The decision-making process in the spiritual realm is no different. We still have to make right decisions. And most importantly, choosing faith. We think about faith, a lot of things come through our mind and we're looking at the faith chapter in the book of Hebrews in this series. As we look at the life of Moses, we find that Moses had decisions that he had to make as well. God obviously had a plan for his life. He had decisions he wanted him to make and, and directions he wanted him to go. He, we see that from the time of his birth. But in the life of Moses, we see faith crowned as the greatest aid in making right decisions. Moses' life begins another epic of faith. It's a little bit in contrast to the faith of the patriarchs. They represented an epic in, uh, in which faith enabled patient maintenance of the unseen hope that was ahead. 
But in the realm of Moses, there is a shift, a pivot of some kind. We see that in his following through with faith and choosing faith, that faith makes decisive choices. And then faith acts on those choices. And then history is changed. It is an interesting concept as we look at how God was beginning his continual progressive revelation. Moses appears in this chapter because of the great decision that he made. The writer here shares with us that what that choice was. He shares with us then the secret of making the same types of choices that Moses made. And then he shows us how to carry out that faith choice. And so in those three progressions, I want us to dive into this passage. Faith choice begins with the renunciation. Renunciation, a, a, a saying, this is no longer the way I'm going. I'm going this direction, putting something behind you. In our men's Bible study on Thursdays, we've been studying uh, in, the, in the spring, it was Elijah the prophet. And here in the, in the fall, it is Elisha. And it is amazing as we studied Elisha and how Elijah came to throw his cloak on him. In essence, following through with God's calling, saying Elisha is going to be next in line as the prophet, the man of God. His response was telling. The scripture says that he was plowing with the 12th pair of oxen. In other words, in that day and time, it was a pretty, pretty good farming operation. They had 12 sets of oxen that were plowing the ground. But when Elijah came and threw that cloak over Elisha, Elisha knew exactly what was happening. God was calling him, and he had to make a choice. And so he ran after Elijah, and he said, Elijah, let me go and bid my family farewell. And so what did he do? The scripture tells us in, in 1 Kings 19 and through 21 that he took all the oxen, or the, the two oxen, and he cut them up. And he took the instruments that he used for farming, and he broke them up, and he started a huge bonfire. And he cooked the oxen over that, and he invited all of the family, and all of those who worked for the family, and they had a celebration. Now, some might just look at that and say, well, that, that sounds good. He's, he's saying goodbye, and he's just having this great party. But what he actually was doing was saying, listen, I, I am leaving this lifestyle because God has called me to do this. And he was turning his back by burning the equipment, by killing the oxen. He was celebrating that God had called him, and he would never look back again. His ministry would continue for between 50 and 60 years, being the man of God, the prophet of God in northern Israel. Jesus stated in Luke 6, uh, 9, 62, No one puts his hand to a plow and looks back, is fit for the kingdom of God. When God calls you, when he leads you, when you step out on faith, when you make that decision that I'm going to follow Jesus all the way, it is all in. It's something that needs to capture our minds and our hearts. 
at a critical moment in Moses' life, around the age of 40, he had to make a determination. He understood the situation. The scripture says in uh, Hebrews eleven twenty four, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He realized that the enslaved Israelites were his people. If you go to the original language, it dictates that the choice was so absolute that Moses would not even allow himself to be referred to as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, even in one-on-one private conversations. It was a renunciation that was complete. That's old. I am not going to live in that kind of lifestyle. This is who I'm going to live with. It's interesting that the ancient sources give Moses uh, incredible stature in Egyptian society. One writer said that he was the inventor of the alphabet. I have no clue if that's correct or not, but that's what one said. Another indicates that Egypt owned her civilization to him. One insisted that Moses might have rationalized in his mind in making this choice that he could do more good if he stayed in the household of Pharaoh. He could advocate better for the Israelites. And yet, if he had done that, we would never have ever have heard of Moses. God had a plan for Moses. And Moses had to make a decision, and he chose, and it was a clean break. To decide by faith means that you must renunciate things that would lead you away from the desire of God. You must put them behind you, and it happens throughout our life. It's not a one-and-done deal. Those things continue to happen, our, our decisions by faith. To live a life of faith is based on Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. So there's the idea of confidence. There's the idea of our hope, which we have confidence in, meaning, as we discussed several weeks ago, that we are all into that. We know that God has prepared a place for us. He has given us a calling, and we have the confidence to know that God has led us in that way. He's going to accomplish the promises that he said he would, and then he goes on to see, and the assurance of what we do not see. That's really faith. It's easy to, to say, yes, that chair can hold me up because I can, I can look at it and say it's well built. But I don't exercise that unless I go and sit on it. And then I would know. When there are forks in the road and you have decisions to make concerning your spiritual life, the things that God is leading you to do, your faith it enables you to make those hard choices. It's your faith that can lead you to that place. We also find that faith's choice continues through identification. So there's some things as we make decisions by faith that we have to put behind us. We can't look back at them. We have to continue to look forward. We have to, to, to move forward in the way, the way God wants us to, but also in the identification when we talk about faith's choice. Whatever specific choice that you have to make by faith, 
One thing is always certain. The choice will always identify you with the people of God. When you make a faith decision in your life, it will never lead you away from the people of God, but always will lead you to identify with the people of God. If your choice by faith, whether it's vocationally or economically or domestically or educationally, does not identify you with the seen people of God, the visible people of God, then you did not choose that by faith. And I think this is the key point. It is the touchstone of any choice that faith makes, that whatever we do by faith is going to tie us into the people of God and the Creator Himself. You see, faith enables us to suffer with the people of God. Faith enabled Moses when he saw that the people of God were the despised slaves from Israel, that they were the people of God, it changed his heart. To the Egyptian court, it was ludicrous that the people of God could be these slaves. But Moses saw that, he understood that, and he had a choice he had to make. Once Moses, by faith, had seen them to be God's people, he could either identify with them, or he would be guilty of disowning his own heritage, because he knew this is where I needed to be. It's the identification of his heritage, of his people. So his choice was clear. Hebrews 11.25 says he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting of pleasures of sin. And what a choice. What a cho it's a lot easier as we look at life to make choices that just seem like fun. Uh, less resistance. Here Moses could either enjoy the, the pleasures of Egypt, and there were plenty of them for a season, or he would embrace and take on the consequences of identifying with God's people. Faith always identifies with God's people. And is that how your faith is? Do you identify when you make your faith decisions with the people of God? Also, we find that faith enables us to bear the stigma of God's people. Verse 26 says, He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as the greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. The choice to identify with God's people always bears a stigma once it's made. You're going to be known in that way. Jesus said in Matthew 5:11, Blessed are you when people insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me if you're going to be a follower of Christ you're going to have a stigma and if you're trying to run away from that stigma then you have made the wrong faith choice you need to identify with it and if somebody criticizes you or somebody ridicules you or somebody accuses you of something that's, that's evil because you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you must stand firm for that. You don't need to shrink back or hide. Jesus said, this is what's going to happen. It's a fact. In some ways, Moses bore the reproach of Christ, the scripture says. Moses chose, chose by anticipation to share in the sufferings of Christ. That means that Moses bore the same type of reproach 
at the hands of the Egyptians that Jesus had at the hands of the Jews. It means that Moses endured the same stigma that the world always reserves for those who sacrifice a life of comfort and advancement for a life of uncertain faith with certainty that God is going to take care of us. How can a person do this? How can Moses leave everything that he had known and the comforts to identify with a slave people? He chose to do that by keeping his attention fixed on the reward of the invisible world. Remember, faith can only operate when it is certain that God is the rewarder of those who seek him. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. The scripture says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And that's what Moses did. He chose, and he chose well, and he chose by faith. We also see that faith enables us to live with patient courage. In verse 27, the scripture says, By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. He didn't see him with his eyes. He saw him with his soul. Moses' first attempt about bringing about the Exodus failed miserably. <laughs> Exodus chapter 2 verse 15 says that Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian. You see, he, he fled, uh, fled Egypt and spent 40 years in Midian. The scripture says, in the backside of the desert. I think the terminology there is quite interesting. Because Moses wanted to free the slaves. He wanted to get them out. That's why he killed the Egyptian to save the Israelite. And that's how he was trying to figure out how I could free this. But it failed. His plan failed. But God had a different plan. Well, we find that then Moses... He fled, he went to the land of Midian, and Jethro didn't send him back out in the desert to tend flocks, but on the backside of the desert. That's worse than the desert. <laughs> Faith, though, gave Moses the patience to abandon the attempt to do the work of God by Moses' own methods. At first, Moses was the right man with the right mission, but did it the wrong way. Faith enabled Moses to accept a life of inaction in the wilderness. Forty years of just waiting while God... And for God and his hour 
to strike. If you're like some of us, when you sense God leading in a particular way, the thing you want to do is, is, is move forward quickly. You see something needs to be done, you, you're going to go do it. We just want to be active. We want to be engaged. We want to do everything we can to get that accomplished. And yet, the timing might not be right. God's timing is perfect. Also, the situation may not be right. God's going to work in a divine, amazing way. But when we go off schedule, it's not the right time. We have a lot of veterans here today. And you know that following orders and the timing of missions is absolutely critical. God had his plan. He had it taken care of. He wanted Moses to be ready, but he wanted him to be ready when he said, go. And so sometimes with our desire to move forward so quickly, we have to learn by faith to step back and to be patient and to wait for the timing of God. That's hard for some of us. But if we're going to do it by faith, then we have to know by faith that the one who is invisible, the one who lives inside of us, the one who is sharing with us, I have this calling for you, I have this task for you, but only on my cue that we remember the cue. That may be the very hardest choice that faith has to make is to wait on God when we want to push on through. <coughs> Last, we find that faith's choice gives a demonstration. Verse 28 says, By faith he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. Here we see that the celebration of the Passover in Egypt was a, was a great demonstration of Moses' faith. Here, Moses burned his bridges from behind. He could never go back again. Once he had spoken to Pharaoh, the one that he knew, eye to eye, and it came to the last of the plague, and that was the Passover, the passing over of the death angel. It was it. To shut people inside those houses with the blood over the doorpost, and to wait quietly for the mighty intervention of God was a total risk to him. And so he had to know this is what God desired. If God acted, then all was one. But if God did not act, all was lost. And by faith, Moses heard God and he chose to follow God. And the demonstration of the mighty power of God came into being. So faith's choice means that you have to renunciate. You have to move things behind you that are going to encumber you. And then you have to identify with the people of God when you make faith's choice. 
And then you have to demonstrate it by actual action. That you are living by faith. That your choice of faith is firm and solid. And you are believing on the one who is invisible. And my question to you this morning, is that the kind of life that you're living? Is it one by faith? Is it one that says, I'm not going to have one foot in the world and one foot with God. I'm going to identify with God's people in the choices, the faith choices that I make. I'm burning my bridges behind me. I'm in. And I'm not only going to be in to patiently wait, but when God says the hour is now, I'm actually going to engage. I'm going to be involved. I'm going to make the faith choice because God, who is invisible, is the one I trust in to keep his promises. We know about Moses because of that. Moses wasn't perfect by any means. But he serves as a great example to live by faith. There's not a one of us here today that's perfect. But by faith, we can make those decisions and choices that God honors, that engages with the people of God. And we do it by stepping out. Not staying in the comfort zone. Not just checking the boxes. By saying, God, here am I, send me. Father, as we move into our invitation, I just ask, whatever decisions need to be made today, whether they be in the pew for a rededication or recommitment, or whether people come forward to accept Christ or to join this church and be a part of this fellowship as we come together to accomplish the desire of your heart, I pray that you would speak to us, each one of us. It may be different for every single one, but God, I, I ask as your word that it would speak and we'd make those life choices and those faith choices today in the name of jesus we pray amen if you would stand and let's sing our invitation hymn i'll be here at the front you come as god leads you
if you would go ahead and be seated. I want to recognize a couple of a couple of uh, groups here. We we have a group right here in this general section here from Fellowship Square, and uh, we've been praying for a lot of months for a bus to bring them over. And today was the first day. We're so excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> And there's this full pew back here on this side. You guys just wave real quick so everybody knows where you are. These, uh, these all belong to Elsie and, uh, and Jeff Hall. We have Elsie's uh, son and daughter, their spouses, their kids, Elsie's grandkids. They take up a whole pew from California, Wisconsin. How long has it been since y'all been together? A long time. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good to have you guys here. Yeah. I want to remind you of a couple of things. Next week we're going to be voting on, uh, on our deacon candidates. Uh, there are two of them. And if you will look in the bulletin on that white sheet of paper, you'll see the uh, church and biblical criteria. Take a, a gander at that, if you would, through the course of the week and be praying about those, uh, those two, Phil Lord and Paul Barnes. Secondly, uh, you'll also see about the uh, Thanksgiving uh, uh, food drive uh, this coming Saturday from 8 to 12. You can come by and drop off your frozen turkeys and hams and all the fixings. Uh, you can see all the, the canned goods in there. And we'll have uh, uh, folks, I'll be here and others will be here to help just so you drive right through, drop that off. It's going to go to the Valley Food Bank uh, for the Thanksgiving season. And I've already shared with you lots of information about uh, the need this year, and it's great. And so if you could help with that, that would be tremendous. It's a, a joint effort with a number of our churches here in Sun City West on that day. So if you would, please pay attention to that. Miss Nancy, I think you have another thing or two. I do. Tomorrow at 10, the men are gathering to go play mini golf. If you have not already signed up, men, you need to do that today before you leave, please. And ladies, at 12 noon tomorrow, you will be having potluck lunch and then doing a craft project reverse decoupage. So you'll need to read about that on the back of your bulletin. There are a few seats remaining on the bus that will be going to Oregon Stop Pizza on Monday, December 11th. If you would like to go with us, please see Lynn Bailey, who will be in the small lobby after worship today. She will take your name and your 20 bucks for going. There are also some other things on the back of the worship guide I'll call your attention to. Stitches of Love meets tomorrow as they do each Monday, and they are needing some people who will sew quilt tops. If you've not seen what they do, they do a beautiful job, and all of their things that they sew go to the Arizona Baptist Children's Services Foster Kids. You will be blessed by participating in that. Lee Faulkner is going to come and lead us in our closing prayer as we stand. Wow, it's nice to see such a full house in the Lord's house. May we go to him now. Thank you, Lord, for the many blessings you give us. From the men and women who protected our freedoms, allowing us to gather in this house. The blessings of your song and of the word given us this day. May we go forward this week being a blessing to you sharing the blessings of the of your word to all we meet in your name we pray amen, amen.